Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to TCK Care the Podcast with your host Stephen Black, here to share stories, strategies, and as always, eloquent literature for supporting TCKs in all walks of life. Joining us on the show today is Christina Hogue. Christina, did I pronounce your name right? Yes. Nice. On the first try. I'm so happy with myself. (laughs) Christina, welcome. How are you doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. good. How are you doing? I'm all right. Thanks. I'm always happy to have these conversations. So um, I'm glad you reached out to me, Christina. And guys, if you're listening to the podcast, bear in mind, uh, Christina just reached out to me asking if she could come on the show and talk about um, her story. And I love it when that happens. I love having new people on. I love hearing about stories. I love sharing resources. And so if that's you, if you've got a story to share, please don't hesitate. TCKcare.com slash connect. You can reach out to me. I'd love to hear from you. Christina, to start us off today, everyone's favorite question is, where are you from? And as you know, TCKs dread that question. And it's been the dreaded question of my life, too. Um, so here's the long story. In this form, at least, I feel comfortable sharing the long story. So uh, my parents met in uh, northern Rhodesia, which was um, which is now Zambia. And my father was a mining, mining engineer. My mother's a nurse. My dad is a Kiwi from New Zealand. And my mother's British. And they met and got married um, there in Mufalira, northern Rhodesia, which is about 12 miles from the border of the Congo. And I was almost born there, and I, I don't really know why, but for some reason, my mother was about, what, eight months pregnant when they left and went to New Zealand, and I was born in New Zealand. And when I was three weeks old, we were off, um, first to Fiji, where dad worked at a gold mine. Um, we were there maybe, I don't know, six, eight months, something like that, and then went to Sweden because um, my father got a job with a Swedish multinational mining company, mining engineering company. And we were in Sweden for a while. Then we went to England um, where my sister was born. And then he got his first posting to Nigeria. So we were in Lagos for a while. Uh, and then we moved to, dad got a big contract and a promotion. We went back to New Zealand, to Wellington, New Zealand. That's really what I start remembering. You know, that's when I started school. And then we were there maybe four years and we moved to Sydney, Australia. And that ostensibly was our last move, but dad got a, then again another uh, big promotion and we moved to the United States, to New Jersey. So I came to New Jersey when I was about 13. And, um, and that was the biggest sort of most traumatic move because I was old, you know, old by then. And, um, and it was just a terrible, you know, I mean, it's a terrible age at any, you know, juncture in one's life. But for a TCK, it was pretty it was pretty traumatic because I was going to a public high school. So, yeah, so that's really where I'm from. Yeah. Wow. I, you know, I hear so many TCKs come on the share this, this show and share an eloquent and succinct um, two minute, you know, I'm from such and such, but I also grew up in country overseas. But you just let us have the, the, the real McCoy, the whole story. And I, I love that. I love hearing those stories. You've been to so many places. Um, starting from three weeks old, oh my goodness, I cannot imagine traveling with a three-week-old baby anywhere, let alone across the globe. 
it's funny because I just recently discovered that because I always, you know, the timeline and things were, you know, my mother was always a bit fuzzy on, on you know, when we, when we were here, when we moved and what. So actually I was there, my mother um, lives in Florida and we went and looked at her old passports. She has all her old passports. And that's when I discovered when we left New Zealand, I said, oh my God, you, I was three weeks old when we left New Zealand, when the entry stamp into Fiji and it was three. And I said, I was three weeks old. And I said, no, no wonder I'm feeling like a total vagabond. You know, I feel like a total <laughs> nomad. I mean, first of all, I was traveling in utero, yeah. you know, uh, yeah. halfway around the, the planet. And then I was only three weeks old, you know, when my parents took off again. You know, it was just sort of they landed. I think my father wanted to have the baby, his first baby in, um, you know, near his family. So we were just sort of there to have me or something. And then, you know, we were off. Wow. So, you know, so that was a recent discovery, actually. And then I always thought we went to England and then Sweden. But it turned out then looking at the passport again, I determined we were in Sweden and then in England. So it's sort of like I had to do a bit of a sleuthing detective work to find <laughs> out, you know, these early, uh, early years. It was funny. Oh, my goodness. Wow. What a story. And um, so you've been you've been doing this TCK traveling the globe thing literally your whole life. Yeah. And it's really, you know, it affected me. Um, you know, once we moved to the United States and I, I had to become an American teenager, you know, to fit in. Uh, so I had to sort of eschew my, my background, everything um, to fit in. But it's funny because years later, when I was in my sort of late 20s, it sort of reared up again. And I just, I had to move. And I ended up uh, living in Spain, quitting my job. I went and taught English in Spain for a year. Then I moved to Guatemala for a year. And then I lived in um, Caracas, Venezuela for about seven years or so, and then moved back to Miami uh, to, the, to the States. And um, so it's kind of just, it, it, it's just had a huge impact on, on my life and my life choices. You know, it's, it's really, uh, I just never stop. Hmm. Um, do you feel like that's still true today that you, that you can't or don't stop moving? A little bit. I, you know, I'm, I'm really trying to, I notice I have to travel and I'm always thinking where I'm going to travel next. So, um, I'm really trying to stay. I live now in, in Los Angeles, in Santa Monica, um, right sort of next to LA uh, on the ocean. It's a gorgeous place to live. And I kind of feel like this is, you know, I've been here for 12 years now, which is the longest I've lived any place. And um, so I kind of feel like I don't want to move anymore, but I feel like I want to keep traveling and maybe make, you know, uh, shorter moves, maybe six months over here or something and keep my, apartment here um but i still feel that restless urge it's funny it's it's still there it's always there hmm interesting um so how do you conceptualize home having moved so so often um not only in your childhood but also you know as an adult and then having that urge to travel the world how do you how do you conceptualize home what's your theory on that well, you know, I've struggled with that. I, I have struggled with that my whole life, the, the concept of home, the concept of belonging and identity. You know, those are the three sort of intertwined sort of the prongs, you know, on, on the fork kind of a thing. Yeah, honestly, um, if we could just solve those three in this episode, then I'll just be done. 
(laughs) (laughs) And I guess it's kind of different for everybody. So I've just decided at at some point I became, and I was living in Venezuela then, and and this this whole thing came up because then, you know, I kind of went abroad to find uh, a home in foreignness because I wasn't, I, I was sort of the hidden TCK because I, you know, looked and spoke sort of typical American. Um, but I didn't feel like a typical American. And again, I couldn't really, nobody related to my past, you know, at work or at, at college or at, at high school, um, but it was still there. So I sort of went, you know, on this, you know, when I started moving to Spain and whatever, I wanted to live in another country where they, they didn't speak English. I felt like that I had to do that. It wasn't tough enough because I hadn't moved to non-English speaking countries. Um, and then when I was in Venezuela, uh, I guess it was, on, uh, how old was I, late 30s, mid, mid to late 30s or so, um, I became thinking about this because when you, obviously when you move to other countries, that question, where are you from, becomes even more frequent because you're foreign, you know, and everybody says, well, where are you from? Where are you from? And I, of course, I just, I would say the United States, but I, then I, I, you know, I didn't feel from the United States. I didn't... Um, you know, and then I would say, well, I'm kind of from New Zealand or, you know, or I was from Australia. But then if I met New Zealanders or Australians, I really didn't fit in with them because I didn't sound like them. I'd only lived there a few years. I wasn't from there either. So I became sort of angry about this at my parents and at this, you know, oh, they, you know, trucked me around the world. I don't have any home and everybody else is from somewhere, a town, you know. Um, a state or something, a country. I didn't even have a country to call my own. And then I just finally decided, you know, um, obviously it wasn't going to do, this wasn't going to do me any good. I just had to accept that, you know, home is just where I make it. So that's kind of what I've, you know, had to, to, to reconcile myself where there's just, home is just where I am. And, um, and I have a lot of stuff. You see a few things in the background of this, uh, video but um stuff from all over the world and i just carry you know i pack up all the stuff that i've collected from all my travels and i take it with me you know like a from place to place and so where i have these things and i am that's that's home for me that's that's really the only way i can sort of reconcile that that issue Hmm. and then how does how does um identity tie into your sense of home yeah, I mean, and that's another tough question, you know, because even my parents are from different countries. And um, so I always thought, you know, if your parents are both from the same country, you can sort of claim sort of more allegiance to that country. And, yeah. you know, if you live there, were born there, or maybe live there a few years, that becomes sort of your de facto um, identity. And so I didn't really have that either. You know, I did live in New Zealand. So I was born in New Zealand. I lived there for a while and I have family there. My father's from there. So that sort of is some, a portion of my identity. But again, I, I don't, you know, I, I hang out with Kiwis and I don't really, they mention some town or something and I don't know what they're talking about. You know, I, I really don't know. Um, so it's, it's really difficult. So that one I've had a more difficult, um, uh, issue to, to really resolve. I don't know if I've really resolved it. It's just, I'm just, um, a TCK when I, when I actually, when I stumbled upon this term third culture kid, um, just a few years ago, actually, I thought, Oh my God, there are, you know, people like me, there's a whole community like me. And that gave me a sense of identity. 
course, you value, you know, people say, you know, what are you, where are you from? Oh, I'm a TCK. Nobody knows what that is, <laughs> um, except other TCKs. So, yeah, I, I still struggle with that, the identity thing. I just, I think I'm just kind of a global nomad, citizen of the world. Um, that's really the only way I can define it. You know, mm. it just, um, it's just something, you know, when I watch the Olymp- something like the Olympic Games, you know, I, I don't really feel any strong allegiance to any particular country. If, if, if New Zealand is competing in a race, I'll root for them. Or if it's Australia or the United States or what have you. It's not like I have this overwhelming national identity or, or what have you to, to go for. So I'm just a world citizen, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, you know, as you were speaking, it um, reminded me once my father and I were sitting watching this war movie and it was a movie of i don't know if it was real or fictitious events but it was like um one country versus another country and i'm pretty sure it was like america versus nigeria or something like that and at one point we just stopped and looked at each other and we're like who who are we rooting for here actually and like i don't want any side to win this conflict and i think we just had to turn it off like just just can't watch this one you grew up in Nigeria, right? In Lagos or where? In- yeah, I was way out in um, Taraba State, uh, up up against the border of Cameroon. Like, oh wow! Yeah, and sort of in the middle of Nigeria, like on the far eastern border. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, pretty remote. Yeah, yeah, we were. We, um, my father made it to Lagos occasionally, but I've never been. Um, we would mm-hmm. typically like when we went into town, it would be you know Jos or Abuja. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we do have Nigeria, the country, in common. So there's that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's funny because I have these little bits and pieces of me, like that Africa connection. You know, I have that Africa connection. And, you know, I'm not from there, but it was just, you know, my parents really, uh, we grew up with lots of African things in the house. And, and my parents liked African music and, and things. So you have these sort of odd uh, you know, like allegiances or affinities um, for places. And somebody said to me, you know, you have a lot of like allegiances, you know, and I said, well, that's a good way of putting it. You know, I do it. It's like, so I, you know, have the down under connection or um, with England and the the United Kingdom. My father worked for Swedish company. So I have, we always had Swedes over the house. And, Mm. you know, I did, I remember in fifth grade doing a report on Sweden and making Swedish meatballs to take to school. So I have all these odd collection of affinities around from around the world. Yeah, that's fascinating. And now, you're you've written a book, yeah, "Girl on the Brink," is it? Yeah, I've written two novels. I, I actually became a journalist. Um, and there were two things um, that I knew I always wanted to do since I was young, which was one: be a writer and to travel. So when I stumbled upon journalism in tenth grade in high school. Um, that's it. I can, I can write and I can travel. So I, I became a journalist and, um, and that's, and I ended up as a far, I wanted to be a foreign correspondent and, um, I sort of had to make that happen. I was working at small newspapers in New Jersey, covering sort of municipal news and whatnot. And it just wasn't, I mean, it just wasn't big enough for me. I mean, just, you know, probably sounds a bit snobby, but it just wasn't, I, I, you know, I'd grown up around the world, I'd grown up traveling around the world, you know, and, um, you know, I'd been around the world literally, literally several times and uh, it just wasn't big enough. So that's when I, I quit and I just wanted to 
bigger experiences. So, um, but I ended up being a journalist, uh, getting back into journalism in Guatemala and then in Venezuela and covering a lot of, you know, I mean, absolutely fascinating stories. And um, so then when I moved back, I always wanted to write novels and books. So I've written two novels and one's called Girl on the Brink. It's a young adult novel, and it's about um, a girl who gets involved with the wrong guy and ends up in a, an abusive relationship. And um, it's based on something that happened to me, not as a teenager, but as an adult. And um, and then I and then I wrote another book, and, I, and both they're sort of tan, both of them are tangentially linked to TCK issues. And then the other one's called Skin of Tattoos, which was based on um, gang members that I interviewed in El Salvador for. Um, uh, magazine article and I sort of related to them because they were like fish they were deported from Los Angeles to San Salvador and they were fish out of water they were just dying to go back home to LA they, they considered themselves Americans but they had been born in El Salvador and come to the United States when they were very small and then they got involved in gang activities and ended up deported back to their birthplace which they didn't know uh, some of them barely spoke Spanish and I, I sort of, you know, in a weird way, related to that. I relate to the fish out of water experience, you know, not being of one and not being of the other and, and trying to fit in. So I ended up writing a novel um, about that and about um, Salvadoran immigrants in, in, the, in L.A. and sort of the other side of the gang story um, through many, many, did many interviews with that. And I covered a yeah. lot of that in Los Angeles as well. Mm-hmm. So... Um, but I, I, you know, and again, the um, the abusive relationship thing, I think I, I fell into that because I was just so, um, I went along, you know, as a TCK, you're always trying to fit in. You're a chameleon. And especially yeah. that happened to me, um, you know, as a teenager, I was always trying to fit in as teen, teens are, you know, that's the most important thing is fitting in, having friends. And so I, I just, I never had a good sense of self. And I don't think I really, uh, and good boundaries. And because I was always observing and closely watching other people and focusing on how I was going to fit in, how they, how they spoke, how what words they said, how they pronounced things. Because I, I would pronounce something wrong and then get laughed at, you know, and, what, you know, why are you saying it like that? And things like that. And um, so I became an excellent sort of observer. And um, so I ended up falling into a bad relationship um, because I think I was just going along with what he wanted instead of thinking about myself. Because I had always done that, you know, um, um, as a growing up, you know, even, even younger than a teenager, you know. Yeah. So, I, so I've written those two novels and I'm working on another one which is about a sort of more of a mystery story. Mm. Well, you're talking about um, TCKs uh, fitting in and going along with things, and um, it's it's just fascinating to think about how that might apply to relationships. In that, um, going along with things and fitting in is a skill, right? It's uh, an adaptation skill that we mm. we've we've picked up and we've we learn for our own survival. Like you have to fit in if you're going to survive in a new place. Um, and yet with that, um, the other side of the coin is that like you're talking about, you need that healthy sense of self so that, um, you know, exactly who you are, even as you're adapting and even as you're, even if you're changing, you still have that healthy sense of like, I know at my, at my, 
at my core, at my soul, who I am and who I am. Um, maybe the circumstantial things will change, but I will always be myself and I will, mm -hmm. I will always, um, I'll always take care of myself um, in any situation. Like you're not gonna uh, just because you adapt to something doesn't mean you're gonna you're gonna compromise necessarily and say, well, somebody expects too much of me, but I have to adapt, and so I'm just gonna give up too much, um, or I'm gonna mm -hmm. go along with what someone else wants. Um, just it's just just a recipe for burnout, right? Right, right, and I think that's something that. Um, and again, all these issues, even when you go to, you talk about it to, to friends or even a therapist, it really, um, you know, nobody really knows this stuff unless you've been there. It's such a, it's such mm -hmm. a sort of narrowly defined thing. And it's really only recently that I've sort of begun exploring the, the effect of being a TCK. I, I was just, you know, it was just how I grew up, you know, it's just, it is what it is and you carry on. But lately I've been looking more at what, um, at the effect that it had. And like you say, I think that's it. You know, you, you said it well, it, it really does have an effect on your sense of self and who, you know, that basic question of identity, who am I um, at the core when you're always busy trying to be someone else so you can fit in, so you can have friends. So, uh, and these are things, you know, we have to do to adapt to, to fit, to, to, you know, survive. Um, but sometimes things we learn as children are not, you know, don't necessarily mean they're good things that, that work as, as adults. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And any, any good thing can be twisted, right? And so a, uh, a skill for adaptation can be twisted to, um, lose a sense of self. Um, the, uh, well, it's like anything can kill, you know, if you drink enough water, that'll kill you. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know I mean? I mean so it's like anything that's uh, too much, it can be harmful uh, when you go over. It's, it's always learning that that balance, that moderation um, things. And, mm. and again, as TCKs, we've had to go to one extreme to, you know, to, to survive, to adapt. Um, but I mean, the, the, the good side of that is I, I adapt to, I get along with pretty much everyone. I don't, um, you know, I'm not a people, I'm generally likable. I'm generally fit, fit in well, wherever I go, I find something in common. I mean, I can go to a cocktail party and talk to pretty, find something in common to talk to with pretty much everyone. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. Adapt, um, yeah. And you know, you adapt to wherever, you know, it's not a big deal for me. Change for me is not a big deal. You know, I yeah. sort of embrace it. To me, it's exciting. It's like, oh, what's going to happen now? You probably made an uh, excellent international journalist, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, it really did play well into that, and um, and I was able to do a lot of you know pretty daring things, um, going into really dangerous jails, uh, hiking up mountains to find landmines in Nicaragua, um, you know, going to cover peace talks with the guerrillas in Colombia, uh, all kinds of things, and it didn't didn't phase me. Yeah. You went looking for landmines? Yeah, I did this story. Um, you know, there's a lot of, after the war in Nicaragua, there was a lot of landmines still buried up in the mountains. And every now and then a farmer or a kid or a cow would step on one and, and blow, blow themselves up. So I um, did a story on this and they have the, the Nicaraguan government, or I guess it was the army, and a special unit that would go out and try and find these land buried landmines. And um, it was a pretty dangerous job, you know, for these guys. And they went out and would try to, you know, try and find the landmines and defuse them. And they were way up in the mountains, some of them on the border of, um, I believe it was Costa Rica and uh, Nicaragua. 
and um, you know, very rural area. And you know, it was the cow. You know, sometimes these families would live with one cow, and that was their whole livelihood. You know, their their big asset, and the cow would get blown up. You know, and they would lose everything. So it was a it was a really important thing. And then I went to a hospital in Nicaragua where they um, have become really specialist in prosthetic limbs. You know, from people losing legs. Uh, to, to landmines, including some of the soldiers that go out looking for them. So, hmm. yeah, so we went out on a, on a uh, mine-finding trip. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> wow. That's intense. Yeah. yeah. Well, Christina, one last question for you before we go. I wanted to ask, mm -hmm. um, would you happen to have a nugget of wisdom uh, for TCKs who are listening in on this episode or perhaps their parents, you know, parents who are raising TCKs and um, doing the best to see that their TCKs have a good life. Um, how do you live life well? How do you live an abundant life as a TCK? Um, I think you have to just accept the fact that you're a TCK. And, and this maybe sounds kind of simplistic, but, you know, for a long time, I didn't really accept, my, you know, I just kind of ignored my background and the way I grew up. And, you know, my parents, because they didn't grow up that way, you know, they grew up in, in, in a hometown. They didn't, re they don't really understand it either. Um, and I think, so I think you just kind of accept that, okay, I'm a citizen of the world and I'm going to travel. This year I decided, one of my New Year's resolution, I'm going to travel more internationally. And um, I just got back from a trip to the Philippines. I just got accepted to a writer's residency in the Channel Islands, in the island of Jersey. I'll be going in the, um, April. Uh, and I'm going to go to a writing conference in Iceland in November. And I'm just going to, you know, I, I'm, I'm good at that. I'm good at traveling. I, I love it. I just feel so alive um, when I'm walking through an international airport and I'm feeling you know, hearing all these languages and seeing all the, the different um, airlines. And, you know, I remember as a kid was sitting in the airport and trying to figure out on the tail wings of, you know, looking out the window at the tarmac, the, the tail wings of different airlines, where they were from and different things like that. I think you just have to celebrate that. Uh, for a long time, I didn't. I thought that was a hindrance to me. And I, I wanted to be um, have a, a hometown or be someone else. And I, and I recently just sort of decided, you know what, I have to celebrate the fact that I, about how I grew up. Yeah, there were negatives to it, but there are negatives to everything. I mean, there's a negative to also growing up in one place in a, uh, a small town. So I think you, um, my, my, my uh, message would be to reframe it, um, as a positive and, um, and that it was a special upbringing. It, re it really was. And um, and to kind of celebrate that and make the most of it. And sometimes it's difficult because people don't get you. You know, they don't really seem to understand or they don't they don't seem very interested also. You know, and that's another thing I've run into a lot is people who say, well, you know, where are you from? Or if I even give a little hint that I'm from somewhere, I've had all these experiences. They just kind of like, they don't really know what to say. They just kind of get this blank look and just kind of, Oh, and then, then, oh, or they might say, oh, was your dad in the military? Or no, he, you know, they just don't, they don't really, can't really grasp it. And, um, and that's okay. You know, that's just their frame of reference. You know, their, their frame of reference isn't the same as, as ours. And, um, you know, not to take it personally, just to, to move on. So I just think you just have to kind of celebrate it and try and find 
others who have shared, you know, similar experiences, like on the pod, you know, listen to these podcasts, um, you know, books. There's a bunch of Facebook groups now that I'm on uh, for TCKs, and it really does help, you know, um, to find that there are other people who've had not only grown up uh, in similar ways, but and that's the other funny thing is no TCK has had the exact same experience. You know, everybody's got a very individual story. Yeah. Um, but we all share very similar issues um, and and developmental, you know, things in life, development paths. So I think just try and celebrate it and, and be positive about it. And I'm really working toward that too, because for a long time I felt very negative about it. Um, and I know my sister, for example, just never, um, she's just wants to be American and she just never talks about it. And she just seems really angry about her whole, whole TCK thing. And I've, I've more embraced it. And, um, you know, we can't change it. So, you know, learn to embrace it, reframe it, um, look at it as an asset. I think it's, it gives people just, you know, incredible gifts of empathy, of flexibility, adaptability, um, and, um, you know, ability to embrace change and just seeing the world as just um, not as like a foreign, scary place, but just as a place that, you know, that's, to me, it's fascinating. And, you know, um, I think that that is a nice uh, wrap up to what we were talking about earlier, the issues of identity, belonging and home, like accepting the journey and accepting yourself. I feel like Maybe that's a good chunk of the answer right there, you know, which granted, I realize just accept yourself and accept your experience is probably easier to say on a podcast than to implement in your day to day life or to. Yeah, it's feel amazing. Your soul. acceptance is actually an amazingly difficult thing sometimes, <laughs> you know, but it's the first step is is really if you accept something, then you can move on from it or change it or whatever, you, you know, you go to the next step But that if that acceptance is a difficult thing sometimes it sounds easy you know yep, oh, you exactly. just accept it, but it, it is more difficult and I think if you accept it and then say okay well I've accepted that now what you know I can I can actually embrace it I can celebrate it and as I said I think I'm just going to try and travel more and I, I try and tell my story a little bit more to people rather than shrink from it you know I've traditionally kind of shrunk from it I try and um, tell it more um it's just me and just trying to have more of a sense of self i'm trying to find that sense of self and being tck um rather than being someone else that i'm but i'm just not yeah there you go well and if you're listening in on this thank you for following along i hope that you will um take some of this to heart and really think about that um what it's going to take to accept yourself what it's going to take to find yourself um to be yourself um if you want to read more of christina's books i will be sure and put some links on tckcare.com in the show notes um so definitely check that out if you haven't yet um yeah thank you christina for joining us on the show for reading us some of your story and just sharing your experiences and um talking about what it means to have a sense of home and belonging i've i've really enjoyed this conversation yeah, I have too. I love talking about this. It helps me to talk about it too. And it's always great to meet other TCKs. I just love that. True <laughs> <laughs> that. Okay, thanks a lot, Stephen. Thank you. 
Thank you for listening to TCK Care, the podcast. This is your host, Stephen Black. And as always, don't forget to subscribe to the show. Leave a five-star rating and review. I'd really appreciate it. Reach out to me at tckcare.com slash connect with your comments, questions, concerns, or to share your story on the podcast. And check out my Patreon page at patreon.com slash tckcare where you can access early episodes, extended audio, and other exclusive content. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next week.